25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings and Raycon. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, even though we just spent four days, something like that, three, four days together in beautiful Traverse City, Michigan, uh, we still are finding our way to record this episode virtually because life is life and I had to work today and you had to drive back to Ohio. So Laura, how are you doing on this fine Monday? How was your drive back to the lovely city of Newark, Ohio from the beer city of Grand Rapids, Michigan? I will say it is very beneficial. I mean, one of the few things that I enjoy about you living in Grand Rapids is that it did allow me to break up the seven and a half hour drive to Traverse City uh, and make a five hour drive to you spend the night and then make the additional two hours and five minutes um, to Traverse City. So that is very lovely. Um but yeah, I'm tired. We had we had a jam-packed three to four days, um, really incredible three to four days. A lot of things that um, we got to do for the very first time, as well as things that we weren't sure were going to happen quite yet um, that did happen. And um Honestly, it was one of, I think, one of our best professional business type uh, trips. And um, I'm really excited to, to talk about all the experiences we had at the Traverse City Prospect Tournament. Um, as I don't know who let us do this, but as official members of the media. So that, yeah, was, that was crazy. Strange for both of us. Yeah, I think that that was wild. I mean, there's something about, you know, I've gotten the chance to do it for the ECHL and for the AHL both and and doing it for the first time with the NHL squad is a really cool thing to do, even though, I mean, obviously it's the prospects. It's a lot of guys who probably are going to be playing in leagues such as the AHL, but nevertheless cannot express our gratitude enough to the Blue Jackets for helping us to coordinate this this weekend that we had and and be able to get you the content that we're going to be able to get you throughout the week because we were able to be up there. And also shout out to the the Detroit Red Wings. They're not going to get very many shout outs on this podcast ever, but but they're definitely going to get one in in response to their coordination of the Traverse City Prospects Tournament. It's a really really well done uh, event, you know, just to be able to go up there to a community rink. And it really is a community rink, y'all. Like, I mean, like, I'm telling you, it gives you kind of chiller vibes. There's actually a preschool in the, in the rink. Like there's, it's a lot of fun to just be able to be in a space like that, to see, you know, future NHLers play one another and to, you know, just, you know, (laughs) basically try to earn their spot and, and then to be able to, you know, walk around that concourse that separates the two arenas and run into guys like uh, Kyle Dubas. Like, <laughs> like, it's just such a weird, weird tournament. And for that reason alone, like Laura said, it's it's a little bit of a haul. It's a seven and a half hour drive. But hey, if you're listening to this show, you're a friend of mine. You can always break it up by hanging out with me in Grand Rapids for a little bit. We'll, we'll get some coffee. We'll get lunch or whatever on your way up. But yeah, I mean, you owe it to yourself to get up there. It is just a weird masterclass of hockey. It's so fun to watch. There's so many scouts walking around from from more than just the teams that you see 
uh, up there, right? You know, there are five teams participating this year, and we saw scouts from probably 10 to 12 teams. And so it it was like I told Laura, I went on Thursday, and Laura went on Friday, and, you know, then we joined each other for the weekend. But I told Laura, I said, it is overwhelming in the sense that you, you never know who you're going to run into. Like, you never know what's going to happen, who you're going to see, what conversation you're going to have. And for that reason alone, if you're a hockey fan, go. Like, even if the yeah. Blue Dragons stop playing in it one day, go. Like, still go. It's like a really wild tournament. Yeah. It's, it, uh, granted, we had a little bit of extra access as being there as members of the media, but as a hockey fan itself, I mean, you are up there. There are five, um, you know, five teams of prospects um, from some of, I think we have some of the, better teams in the NHL that are represented, um, at this, at this tournament and you can't beat the price. I mean, it's literally $10 a day. Um, and you get minimum two games a day. Um, and you're seeing like the future of all of these teams this, uh, this past weekend, of course, it was the Blue Jackets, it was the St. Louis Blues, it was the uh, Detroit Red Wings, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Dallas Stars. So, that's some, you know, high caliber pipelines and it's just a lot of fun. And like Jeremy said, there's, you know, just the most random selection of people just wandering around. Um, and it's a really comfortable environment. Um, I'm a very anxious person, especially when it comes to like new experiences. And I felt very comfortable and, um, a lot of the, it was like just like Jeremy, it's a community rink, so like it's very much so like going to something at the chiller or you know, just a small town situation. There's no glitz and glamour. Um, you know, obviously they try and make it the nicest they can for the for the guys, but it's pretty it's pretty much bringing them back to playing hockey and like the juniors or you know, peewee and all that sort of stuff. So it's really fun. It's just, it's such a unique experience. I wish I would have gone maybe once as a fan before we went as the media, because now I'm a little jaded um, and a little spoiled. But um, if you do get the chance, you should really go. I'm going to encourage a lot more of our hockey friends um, to go up with us next year um, as fans um, so they can get the experience. And yeah, it was a great time and we have so much content so much content to share with all of you yeah and you're gonna get some of that content in this episode but you know we would never just give it to you all at once why would we do that so we've got a couple of things coming out this week uh that we'll probably talk about a little bit later in the show we'll see how you know how generous we're feeling but yeah i mean it you know outside of just everything that we just talked about about why this tournament's cool and why from a fan perspective it's awesome it's also just a really really awesome chance for these players to have a chance to to show what they were worth to kind of for the first time for a lot of these guys put on the union blue to go out and play blue jackets hockey with a lot of the development uh, staff serving as head coaches whether that's you know Trent Vogel Huber uh, he's the AHL Monsters head coach so he's somebody who a lot of these guys might work with from time to time then you've got players like Derek Dorsett that are up there you've got Rick Nash he's up there as as you know the head of player development and director of player development and so it's just really quite a, a chance for just 
you see what you've got. Like you've, we've talked about it for, for how long, right. That, Oh man, like I can't wait. Like, Oh, Jordan Dume put up 108, like whatever points in the queue. Like, ah, is it going to translate? Oh, I mean, Kirill Martenko first time ever on, on ice, like with, as a blue jacket, like what's this going to look like? Ken Johnson, how did he improve over the summer? Those questions get answered and you get to see David Juracek and Matejchuk for the first time. And you like, it's just, it is such a good opportunity if you're the Blue Jackets staff and if you're the Blue Jackets scouting team to see what you have in the players that you drafted to prove yourself right. And I'm going to spare the explicit um, expletives, I should say, uh, from this conversation that I had with Aaron Portsline over the weekend. But <laughs> in no uncertain terms said that sometimes the – the scouts and the general managers up there like to give Yarmo a little bit of a little bit of hell because he is somebody who really wants to win this tournament. It's it's the kind of thing that if you're a guy who comes from a scouting background, it's your chance to see if you were right. And you might not have all of your answers at the end of the tournament. I mean, for example, Cole Sillinger and Igor Chinnikov both had great Traverse Cities last year. And while Cole Sillinger was able to make that translate into a lot of success in his first year in the NHL, there are moments where Igor Chinnikov struggled. And even though he tore it up in Traverse City, there's still that transition to the NHL game that is cannot be replicated anywhere except for the NHL. It's the best league in hockey. So you can't expect for the competition to be as high in this prospect tournament as it will be up with the big squad. But a lot of players have their chance to really shine. And, and Laura, I mean, for me, that's why this tournament's so exciting. What are just some of your other thoughts on, on the importance of this camp and of this tournament, I should say? I definitely think that the importance of the camp for, you know, anyone who's, getting into NHL hockey or maybe doesn't understand or wants to know more about how the prospect pipeline works and how situations with, um, you know, the people we, we draft, what that process is. So sometimes like you watch, I know the first couple of times I watched the draft, like it was like so fun. We drafted someone and then I just like, didn't really know what happened to them um until i randomly heard their name again you know three or four months later um or i guess like two months later when they would get an invitation to camp but um i just never really thought about what the the process was and it's such a the hockey system in general is such a com complex but like interesting way about a way of going about things in an athlete's like uh, trajectory and so it was really eye-opening to see sort of all those pieces start coming together and yeah like Jeremy said it's you can have some breakout performances at this tournament but really at this tournament the all the prospects are playing are pretty much on like the same level some of them of course are better than others but like they're all coming into this either straight from the draft straight from their college teams like straight from juniors like they're all sort of in this relatively same basin of things so it's not that's why like like jeremy said you know cole and chinny both had huge summers last year and so you can see some things but you don't get to see all things that will translate over into the nhl so but it's really fun to watch these guys um, really put it all out there, especially the um, the like tr the tryout invite people um, who weren't drafted, weren't selected. We were just, you know, hey, come to this tournament, play on the team, let's see what you got, and 
if you impress us, then we'll talk about what your next steps, next steps might be with the, with the club. And those guys really go hard because they know that this is their, you know, one and only chance for the year to like make a great first impression. Um, and then you have some of the other guys who, you know, got drafted or like have, you know, and there's th these people on every team uh, have a bit of an air about them that like, I'm good. I don't necessarily need to like push super hard. Um, Cause I already know that I'm going to do this, that or the other thing. Um, so it's interesting to see those personalities come out as well, because they're all such young guys, um, you know, 18 to basically 24, 25 year olds. And, you know, it's just fun to see those personalities, but it, yeah, it was just eye opening and a lot of fun. And it was, even though it was freezing, so great to be back and actually watching full fledged games. Yeah, freezing. You could say that again. I mean, like we were wearing coats. Like, I mean, like it was bad down there. And there were some of the like, shout out to guy Brian Hedger. I think wore a polo every day. Porty wore cargo shorts every day. I don't know how they did it. And you've got us over there. I don't know if we're just like amateur hour over there. Or, it was or so cool. Especially was, if you sat through two game days, like games back right. to back. It was so cold. Right. Because they I, always they always pumped up the air conditioner for the second game, you know, because doors are opening and people are leaving and all this sort of it's just oh god, it was so cold. It was really cold. And and we were sitting there, uh, especially on Sunday. Sunday to me was worse than Thursday, and I don't know if it's because I was just like more excited about Thursday to be there. Uh, and we were sitting there. Special shout out to the folks from the artillery, the you know, Bucket and Boober podcast and Danny Smith that were there with us too, because they were running the cold with us and honestly also just like really great, great humans to be with throughout the weekend. So big major shout out to those folks um, who, who got to spend some time with and to their, uh, to their videographer, Tyler, who's also pretty awesome as well. But uh, yeah, there's yeah, some great stories there, but they might not be shared on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, they probably, they probably won't be, but the, the good news is, is that when I came back down to Travers or back down to Grand Rapids, my tire pressure was good. So that's, that's all I know. <laughs> tire pressure was solid. Super uh, solid. And speaking of solid, the Blue Jackets found a way to start start Traverse City strong. They scored seven goals in their first game against the Blues. They won 7-1, and it felt like it was going to be another one of those tournaments like last year where the team just put pucks in the back of the net throughout the entire tournament. Didn't take long for us to realize that that might not necessarily be the case, although – uh, still not not a disrespectful showing against Detroit the next day, losing five to two. Uh, just for reference, to in game one, Jack Greaves got the start. Pavel Kahan gets the start in game two, and then the two of them split time in game three. Actually, Pavel Kahan played more in game three because game three went to what, Laura? Your favorite? Overtime. Yeah, well, I was like, fuck overtime. Um, but yeah, so the, the game goes to overtime where Kirill Marchenko scores the game-winning goal, gives the Jackets a 3-2 to two overtime win over the Maple Leafs in game three. And so overall, the Jackets go 2-1. and one. It's kind of fast. Like, we call it a tournament, and the Jackets, again, have won it before. But the issue is, is that you don't play every team. There's not really a championship game at this point. And it just ends up kind of being a little bit of a, um, I, you, I don't know, like. You only really it. win it if you win all three of your games. Well, and it's fascinating, too, because 
the Red Wings obviously beat Columbus five to three or five to two, excuse me, on Friday, but they lost to Dallas five to four. So the Red Wings went two and one because they beat Toronto today on Monday as we record. Toronto went one one and one. Uh, I mean, the Blues I think went one and two. Is that right? And did the Blues win? Yeah, they beat Toronto eight to three. So there's oh, like okay. no. Oh, like, that's right. It's just their, the their revenge game. Yeah, it's just the wildest like table ever. And I guess technically, like the the Red Wings have the leg up on the Jackets overall. I mean, all, you know. So I guess the Red Wings win the trip. I don't know. I don't know how it works. We went two and one. I think that everybody is leaving Traverse City pretty content with that. Um, and there's somebody who I know is is really content with that. Uh, Laura, and we were fortunate enough to be able to get that person on the show with us for this one. Um, you know, we alluded to him a little bit earlier, um, but that is none other than Rick Nash, the the director of player development for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He was, you know, gracious enough to to join us for a few minutes after the third game, after the win against the Maple Leafs. Uh, we talked a little bit about just the tournament and you know just his role, and so. I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let uh, Rick Nash, you all know him, you all love him, uh, answer some of our questions, and then we'll catch you on the flip. Got quite the setup going on out here for no reason <laughs> whatsoever. Right, right. But, but hey, um, you know, we can kind of see a glimpse of, of some of the relationships that you're developing and your role with some of the guys who are here this weekend. Um, you know, what does that mean for you to be able to play that role in their development? Yeah, well, you, you know, you're just trying to help these kids become pro hockey players, you know. You, they obviously have a dream that uh, to be an NHL hockey player or professional hockey player, and you're trying to be a little piece of it. So, you know, like you said, with the relationships, you try to build the relationships and try to make sure they feel comfortable and um, and asking questions and you know make sure there's there's not many gray areas where they don't know where they stand. You you try to uh, help them out as much as possible. Sure, and I mean, I, especially with Kent, right? I mean, kind of like some of the maybe same pressure that you might have felt as a young guy coming into the league, being somebody that a lot of people are excited to see on the ice. What has that relationship with him been like specifically? Yeah, it's been a it's been a good one. You know, obviously his year was a little crazy with you know playing uh, um, at Michigan and then on the Olympics and Columbus and then World Championships, World Juniors. So he's, uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of conversations and. Um, you know, I try to help him and guide him and, and give him advice, but at the same time, it's it's his career, it's his dream, and you just want to be a little accent uh, on it. Um, but yeah, he's obviously a special player and a, and a special prospect, and someone that we uh, expect to be a big part of our uh, our organization. And, and I think he's he's done and said everything right so far. And then, Rick, how important is it to you that former Blue Jackets like yourself are finding roles, you know, both in the front office and on the bench? Like, what, how, what is the importance of that of you, for you? Yeah, I think it's very important, um, especially for a newer uh, franchise, newer organization, only being 22, 23 years old. Um, you know, it's important to grow the alumni, um, not, not only, uh, you know, away from the arena and in the community, but, but with, within the organization, whether it's uh, Jared Bowl behind the bench, um, you know, Derek Dorsett doing, uh, doing some development with me. It's important how much uh, that, that we express our love for the city and our love for the organization and try to pass it on to, uh, to these kids who, um, you know, a lot of them obviously aren't from Columbus, Ohio. So I, I think it's a, it's a great question and it's a good, uh, it's a good piece to the puzzle to uh, try to express our love and, and make them love the city. Definitely. And so from a player development perspective, what are you taking away from this weekend? Are there people who impressed you more, um, more than you thought they would just kind of coming out of Traverse? What are, what are some of your feelings? 
Yeah, well, first I loved our com compete level in uh, in most of the games. You know, I think a couple periods here and there we we took it off, but. You know, these kids have been training all summer and, and gearing up for this, and then you put uh, 22 uh, new guys all, all together, and obviously there can't be chemistry mm -hmm. right away, but but you can still work hard and compete, and I feel like we did that. Um, you know, there was uh, there was a, a couple surprises. Uh, well, I don't know if I'd say surprises, but a couple guys that, that really impressed us and kind of controlled the game out there, I thought. Um, but but it's exciting to kind of see where your prospects uh, you know sit against other NHL organizations, and, and I'm uh, I'm really proud of our guys. Definitely, it seemed like uh, I think you were playing them third line minutes, uh, the Malatesta, Dumay, and uh, that line. Like kind mm -hmm. of you know, were they among the people who impressed you? I mean, it seemed like their chemistry was was pretty strong. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we we obviously knew James Malatesta from uh, from last year, and he had a great camp, a great Traverse City. Then he came into. Uh, the Blue Jacket uh, main camp, and he, he turned some heads. So, you know, we, we, he, he was a little more expected to uh, to have this kind of performance. Um, after that, with uh, with Dume, I thought he was uh, he, he was a great player all tournament. Um, his pace and and how he competes um, was really impressive. Um, and then Luca, I, I thought, got better as as the games went on. And you know, it's tough for uh, for a young prospect to learn the center position. And um, you know, this was kind of his first taste against other pros. So. We were uh, we were happy with that line, and you know you just hope they keep getting better, and you give them some feedback, and, and you try to help them as much as possible. Definitely. And then, can you shine a bit of a light on it for us about what it's like working with the Blue Jackets prospects that are going to return to their junior leagues or go back overseas uh, for a particular period of time? What it's like working with them specifically? Yeah, so it's it's kind of funny. Um, this is obviously our big event, uh, being development coaches. Uh, you know, and, and you know these these, these guys will um, you know kind of have, have a debrief, and we'll talk about how the Travis City tournament went, and and then it's uh, it's no secret that some of them will go back to, to junior and, and try to development and or to to, uh, to develop even more, and, and that's kind of where the individual development comes in, and um, you know myself and Derek Dorsett and Yarko Rutu who handles all our European uh, development. We'll um, we'll go to work and we'll, we'll start visiting these guys and, and talking to their coaches and, and coming up with the best plan to. Uh, to have uh, have them have uh, successful seasons, so you know this is this is kind of our, our fun event where we have everyone together. But um, after that, that's when the real work starts, and, and we start to travel around and, and keep building on those relationships, which are important. Definitely, and I'd be remiss if I didn't congratulate you on your honor over the last season, being the first Blue Jacket to have their jersey retired. I've got to ask: is is there a guy in this locker room right now that could potentially be the next Blue Jacket to have his jersey retired? Yeah, I hope. <laughs> uh, I, I hope they're not thinking about that right sure, now. But um, no, it's it's a funny it's it's a fun question to answer because um, when I was when I was their age, I was just so worried of cracking a, an NHL lineup. Um, in my wildest dreams, I, I didn't think my number would ever be retired. But uh, you know what? You, you got to set goals that um, you know sometimes you don't think you might be able to hit. But it's important that these guys set as many goals as they can and. And I think any player that ever plays a game wants to win a Stanley Cup, wants to win a uh, championship, and obviously wants to make it to the Hall of Fame and, and get their number retired. But uh, time will tell as we go on to see uh, which, which next kid uh, will have the opportunity. Definitely. And so we absolutely understand if you don't want to answer this last question, but it is something that we ask all the guests that come on our show. If and when, we'll go with when, the Blue Jackets win the Stanley Cup, what would you eat or drink out of it when you have your time with the Cup? Yeah, well, I would, um, I would definitely, definitely have a beer out of it for sure. Um, you know, this is my last chance at winning it from a front office side. I came close as a player, but um, 
that would be a pretty special special time to uh, to get to uh, touch it and hold it and, and hold it over your head. So that's uh, that's my dream, and I'm doing everything I can for this organization. And I promise you, everyone on the ice and off the ice has has the same goal of that Stanley Cup. Definitely. Thanks, Rick. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yes. What a incredible opportunity for the two of us to get to have some one-on-one time um, with Rick. And we we don't have any like uh, video content from that interview, but we do have some pictures that you'll get to see. We oh, we might. We might. We don't have, have video. Ca- yes, our new friend Tyler might have some video content for us, but. Um, we do have a few pictures of us doing the interview and you'll see, like we said, there's not any bells and whistles at this tournament really. So we did all of our interviews on the side of the building in the grass. Um, so it is a lovely forest scene um, as we were uh, able to talk to Rick and what it, as everyone knows, he's incredibly kind and gracious and incredibly passionate um, about the Blue Jackets, so um, this definitely checked checked something off the bo- off the list for us, and we were just we're just incredibly um, excited, and we hope you enjoyed the interview. Yeah, and I mean, I wanted to run through. I, like, we're sitting there talking to him, right? But I wanted to run through a brick wall when he was saying what he was saying about you know. <laughs> you know, the hard work that's being put into winning a cup in Columbus and just how important that is to him and just hearing him kind of recount some of the, you know, importance of having players rejoin the organization as coaches, as development staff, as front office professionals. It's just really exciting. Uh, it's a really exciting time to be a Blue Jacket and or Blue Jacket fan and a Blue Jacket. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun time to be one of those two, right? And so, you know, as always, our complete respect to Rick Nash for for taking some time to chat with us there on on Sunday after the win against the Maple Leafs. And if we do have video footage, you will get to see me um, shamelessly try to not look like I am uh, getting murdered by my lanyard um, whilst asking Rick a question. So those credentials did have a mind of their own. They did. Um, and you know who else has a mind of their own? DraftKings. Well, me when I'm when I'm playing on <laughs> DraftKings. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just five dollars on any football game and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. One more action, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team, and if your team leads by 10 at any point in the game, you're going to get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And, you know, we're getting into hockey season, which means that I'm mostly listening to all of the preseason content that some of my favorite podcasts are putting out, whether that's 32 Thoughts or my guys over there at Bucket and Boomer Podcast with the artillery. I'm listening to it all, and it's been great because one of the reasons it has been so great is because I'm using my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. 
Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get audio quality that is pristine at half of the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I mean, whether or not you need to turn down turn down your podcasts while while you're listening to them because they're getting a little loud, or whether or not you need to skip your song, you can go ahead and do that with the earbud tap functions, and, and trust me, you're not going to hear anything around you when you're able to use the noise isolation feature. Go to buyraycon.com today, use promo code THPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code THPN15. So, Laura, this is a segment that has been on hiatus since the month of May. It's been a long four months, four and a half months, really, since we have sat down to give our three stars. We've got to come up. I know know Megan has our jingle on lock for when we do our player, you know, reviews next year, but... I need for somebody to get on making us a three stars, like it's objectively speaking, three stars of the week presented by, oh, we can get a presenting sponsor for it. It'll be great. Can't wait. We'll get it figured out. That's what you all have to wait for. You think we can do it before opening night? I don't think so. We'll try our best though. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to A, write a jingle and or sponsor said eventual jingle, jingle, we are open to any and all suggestions. Yeah, you can email me, jeremy at subjectivelyspeaking.com. And if you're here, you probably know how to spell it. Thanks. <laughs> um, but Laura, I it, I would be lying to you if I said I remembered who started last time. There's no possible Back way either there. one of us remember that. And so what we're going to do is the thing that we've been doing recently, and that's flipping a coin. Laura, your heads, all of you tails. Let's find out. I have my volume up this time, so you can hold me accountable. <laughs> and let's get into it. Flip a coin. Heads. All right, Laura, so you get to grace us with your picks first. So who did you have as your third star of the tournament? Well, everyone will be so impressed because I actually just have three stars. Um, so let's give my me a round of applause for sticking to the rules. Um, so my third star is actually someone, uh, is actually the person that I said was my player to watch in last week's episode. And that is Mr. Owen Sillinger. Um, Owen had a really strong showing, uh, during these three games and, uh, he was pointless, but not pointless as in pointless, but like he did not have any points over the three games. Um, but he was very, very strong in the center position and had a really great showing in face-offs, which really made a difference in some of these goals that the Blue Jacks were able to get over the course of these three games. And like you could, he didn't win, he didn't wear a letter until the third game um, because Ule was a healthy scratch that day. but you could immediately tell that Owen had a sense of sort of leadership and responsibility over a lot of the younger guys. Owen is 24, 25. Um, and so he's definitely the 
the older guy of the group. And you could tell that he was really dedicated to, to helping his teammates and like motivating them and making sure that, you know, everyone is doing the, the best they could and having the best um, performance possible. So, and I actually got an opportunity to speak with Owen um, after the game on Friday uh, for a little interview. I will note that this was like the first time I was doing this. So I have some friends with me as well who were kind of leading the interview while I got adjusted. But um, so we are not going to take up any more of your time and let you listen to this interview with Owen Sillinger. So Dina Weinheimer, Field Pass Hockey. Um, up in Traverse City, I know your brother played here last year. Did he give you any pointers or tell you what to expect here? Uh, honestly, not really. I think kind of, he kind of let me uh, experience it for myself. Right now it's been, uh, obviously we started off really well against St. Louis and kind of came true a little bit against today with Detroit. But uh, overall it's been a lot of fun and, uh, you know, to get to meet the guys and the men and stuff like that, it's been fun. So, okay. um, so I mean, you got a little bit of a pro year under your belt. You got your first off season. Um, just how has, has your preparation changed at all and how nice is it to get back out on the ice? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's been a, you know, a good, hardworking summer, and everyone's kind of excited to, to get back into it again. Like, like I said, it's the starting tournament. Everybody's kind of got a lot of energy going so far, and it's nice to you know, meet the guys and the coaching staff and the, uh, get expectations for next year. And then, um, you know, you came right out of college, jumped right into to the Monsters. Just how did going pro live up to your expectations? Uh, lots. I think that I was, you know, I'm a mature, a mature player in college, and, I think my game kind of let in well with the pro uh, with the pro game as far as that goes, and the guys are more welcoming in Cleveland yeah. as well the coaching staff, and I felt well there and I enjoyed it. So, perfect. And then, just how does? I mean, I talked to a few of the guys. Some of them have said that their off-season preparation has changed. Some not so much. Which camp do you fit in? Mine's not so much. I'm uh, pretty hardworking and you know follow a pretty strict uh, you know workout nutrition plan kind of my whole career and that doesn't really change as far as you know college pro so I think the same thing for me just kind of stick to what I have. Yeah. Oh in your downtime did you get up to anything fun this this summer? I hung out at the cabin a lot with my family and my brothers. Wonderful and then just expectations going into to I guess your first full season pro. Yeah absolutely I think the you know everything so far as everyone wants to get off on the right foot I think that you know obviously you know staying healthy throughout the season and uh, kind of just let individual expectations, you know, kind of lead them on as they go, and the biggest thing is just competing and working hard. Perfect. And any final words for the fans in Cleveland, you know, less than a month away from the season? Uh, we're excited to get the season going. Wonderful. How has uh, working with the coaching staff, this, uh, Coach Golden Huber and everybody, continue to help you improve your game? Yeah, it's a big thing. I think uh, the big thing with Vogue is that, you know, he allows you to be the player that you want to be. You know, he, he allows you to learn from your mistakes and stuff like that, and that's kind of what I'm learning right now is, you know, it's a fast-paced game and everyone's played together so far, so just in order to, you know, kind of mess yourself into the game so far has been great. Perfect. And anything you're excited to continue building on learning from them as the season's going, especially, I know, you, like we mentioned, you got a taste of the competition level, but it's obviously a little bit different than the Prospects tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit early right now, so, you know, obviously, like, systems and stuff like that, as it doesn't come to play, it's more so just fast-paced and compete, and, you know, earlier in stages like that, September, October, that's massive so far, so I think the biggest thing is just working and competing. And you've spent a little bit of time in Cleveland now. Are you excited to get to know the city a little bit more as you take on a full season? Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, I'll allow the, the guys to, to handle that for myself. So Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Yeah, what, a, what an interesting, like, proposition to be a guy who is 
six years older than your youngest brother and have to like navigate that uh, of being somebody who, you know, and he was great with the questions all week. I mean, like a lot of people were asking him about the relationship with Cole and those kind of things. I'm on the other hand, like if some people were asking me about my little brother, I would probably not be as gracious as, as he was all week, but nonetheless, I digress. I'll move on to my third star, Laura, my third star, um, had was tied with quite a few people for the second most points in the tournament. And that is none other than Kirill Marchenko. Uh, he makes his NHL, well, not NHL debut. <laughs> he makes his debut with the Blue Jackets at the Prospects Tournament. And he looked solid. He was a little, I will, I will say that I think things started a little slow on Thursday. And some of that could just be like trying to get into the groove, trying to make sure that you're building some chemistry with both Ken Johnson and Michael Pufia. But he does that, eventually gets on the board for game one. He ends up scoring three goals, one per game, including, like I mentioned, the overtime winner against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Had two assists as well. So, I mean, five points in three games is not too shabby by any means. I think the thing that impressed me the most with him, though, is even outside of just his ability to score goals and to set plays up and and just be in front of the net and kind of just be a a presence, he has an excellent 200-foot game. And that's the kind of thing that the Blue Jackets sometimes don't always get from wingers. And so knowing that he's somebody who can contribute in that way is is going to be really clutch. And I'd also have to say that he would be an honorary mention for me, even if he wasn't in my top three, because being around him and hearing him do some of his his post-game interviews with with guys like the Artillery and the Bucket and Boomer podcast, and then also some, some stuff with Jeff Savota, it's priceless content guys. Like, I mean, like the, the guy is, is awesome. Like I, I can't stress this enough. He is just, I, I mean, like, I think people like, I think sometimes Russians get like a little bit of a, um, there's a stigma, right? Like to being kind of cold or what have you. But I mean, between Vladislav Gavrikov and Kirill Marchenko, like we're going to have a lot of good content from our, some of our Russians this year. You know, he, He's honestly like his English isn't terrible. Like, I mean, like he's he's still working on it. And he even made a joke to Jeff Savota. You know, I, I don't know why people keep wanting to interview me. I, my English is not good. <laughs> so, you know, nonetheless, he seems like a great guy. And I'm I, I, he got a fan in me this weekend for sure. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can put together this season for the Blue Jackets. I'm of the opinion that I think he makes a team. I've been wrong before, though, but I'm hoping that he does because I think the Blue Jackets will be better for it. So, Laura, how about you? Who is your number two star? My number two star is Jet Greaves. Um, this would be Jet's second Traverse City tournament. Wait, you have a goalie in your three stars? That's so weird. Shut up. The girl who's obsessed with goalies put a goalie <laughs> in her three stars. I'm owning it. I'm owning it. The the 22-23 season is going to be the season of owning my obsession with goalies. So we're just we're starting it off strong. Um, but yeah, so this is Jets' second um, Traverse City tournament, and he has had a whole season in the AHL behind him, plus a couple uh, dressings for the Blue Jackets. He did not play um, yet for the big team, but he did dress and sit the bench. Um, as backup and Jet, like first of all, you he was a constant around the arena. We were constantly seeing him out and about, um, whether it be stretching or working out or just wandering around. Um, and he always had just such a friendly smile and face, and um, you could tell that he had a you know a, a 
a higher level of confidence because this was like his second year for the tournament. You know, he had been through this before he was familiar. Um, so he just looked comfortable the whole time. Um, I didn't, I got to hear some of his highlights from his full game start on Thursday. And then got to see um, his half half game start yesterday on Sunday. And he just was so sharp. He just was so sharp. He looked focused. He didn't, you know, even in making some mistakes, he did not, you know, stutter. He just got right back up and was right back in the net and ready to go for the next save. And I think it's really impressive the level of growth that we have seen in him over the past year. And we talked a lot about it last week. Um, but Jet's going to be playing a really crucial role in this goalie pipeline as we go into this season with, you know, every decision that happens um, at the big club with our goalies is going to affect the the two down in Cleveland. So, you know, it's going to be exciting to see how he rises to the occasion. And I just, um, I'm excited to see how it goes. And Jeremy had the great opportunity to speak with Jet after the big win on Thursday. So we are going to let you hear that interview. No, he's pretty straightforward. He's a good player's coach. Um, you always kind of know what you stand with him, which is something that all the guys appreciate. I think uh, we're really looking forward to playing really hard for him this year. And, um, again, year one of pro hockey under your belt. How did it live up to your expectations? Um, it was a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of different experiences playing pro and playing junior. Obviously, off the ice, there's a lot more responsibility and things like that that you have to have to take care of. But I think uh, I think I enjoyed that um, that transition. And then on the ice, obviously, the game's faster. Guys are bigger. There's more traffic. But I think just uh, with experience and with time, you adjust to those things and you just get more more comfortable as it goes on. So now expectations moving into year two. Do you have anything set, or are you just going to kind of go with the flow here? Um, I think for me, it's just going to be about really being um, really being thorough in my process, the way I go about um, improving myself every day and just improving mentally and physically both on the ice and off. I think just really, really being detailed in that process and just continuing to develop my game and hopefully become an NHL player. Perfect. Now, can you tell me a little bit about your off-season training? Has it changed any since, since you've gone pro? Um, I think... Uh, it was just important to really make sure I took some good time off this season just to recover my body. The pro, the pro season takes a little bit more toll on your body than the junior season, so I think just um, taking some time off at the start of the off season, but then I think from there it's stayed pretty consistent. I've got a good, really good group of trainers and physiotherapists back home, and then with my coaches, my goalie coaches, I skate with on the ice. I think it's been pretty consistent just trying to build and build year after year and get better every single year. Did you get up to anything fun, anything special? Um... We play a lot of tennis, a lot of golf. We kind of try to play some different sports in the summer. I play with my brother and my friends back home and then went on a little vacation. I was in St. Martin for a little bit. I've got some family from there, so my best friend and I went there for, uh, we were there for a week with some family, so that was a lot of fun as well. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It's beautiful. Good stuff. And then, I mean, you've got a lot of guys playing on the blue line here that you might play with down in Cleveland, so talk to me about what you've seen out of their game. Uh, obviously, you've played with some of them last year, some of the improvements that you see out of those guys from the offseason. Um, I think uh, I think that's one thing that we really like about this group. We've got 
seven really great defensemen um, on our roster, so I think whoever's on the ice, you're going to be really comfortable every time they're going to make the right plays and have their box outs and just compete compete in the D zone. So I think um, as a goalie, it's always um, it's always a privilege when you can play behind great defensemen like that. I think um, I think all six in the lineup tonight were really solid. I think um, they all contributed defensively and offensively, so I think if you can kind of get both sides of the puck from everyone you're always going to be in a really good position yeah without a doubt you talked a little bit about your mental preparation for for games like this and obviously you know prospect camp it, it's the time for you to start tuning into that mental preparation of your game what are some of the things that you're doing before games to to make sure you're mentally sound and ready to go into game action um i think uh you know it starts starts long before that it starts you know in the summer making making sure you're you know visualizing different different situations and preparing yourself to um, to respond the right way to different situations that you're going to face throughout the season. So I think, you know, starting your summer training, being really detailed in your process every day there. And then when it comes to the games, I think it's really just about trusting your training and just enjoying it. Because I think when you're having fun and just playing free, I think the, your skills and your process and your your habits you've built are always going to kind of come out. So I think it's when you get to the games, it's just about trusting and just having a lot of fun. Definitely. Good deal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, and Jet is, you know, and that's the thing. I, before we go any further, like just with the content that we have this week and, and that kind of deal, this group of Blue Jackets and the future of the Blue Jackets, they are so personable. Like, I don't know. I'm like really used to not always having the biggest personalities in the locker room for the last like five to, Like, I'm sorry. And I know, like, I need you to not get offended by this. But when the guy with the most personality in our locker room for a long period of time was Cam Atkinson, like there's an issue, right? Like there's a pro- like it's just not fun. Like it's just not as fun. And this group of guys, they're fun. Like they are a lot of fun to talk to. They love hockey. They love playing hockey. And it you get the sense that they love that they're a blue jacket. And it's just he is one of those guys to me. And you know, there's there's some more fun content that I know the monsters are doing with him and Jack Grease is somebody you want to keep an eye on all year because he's a good time. So um, I am I am choosing not to be offended by your cam con- comments, but I'm so also much. choosing to point out to everyone that you were the person who brought up cam in this episode and not me. Yeah, there's a first time so. for everything. And it took 132 episodes, 33. I don't know, remember which one this is. We have a lot of them. Um, so then my number two star is going to be uh, somebody who has tied uh, – as the top point getter in the entire prospect tournament. And that is none other than Ken Johnson also, uh, you know, wore a letter during this tournament as, as the captain of the prospect team. And, and so Ken Johnson had two goals and four assists, you know, there were times where I thought Kent maybe forced some things, you know, just being the playmaker that he is, but it's kind of the same conversation that we had with, with players like Artemi Panarin and things like that, where it's like when you have a player who is such a versatile playmaker, they're going to make mistakes. Like they're going to turn the puck over at a higher rate. They're going to do all those things. And the reality is at the end of the game, their chances for are still probably going to be a lot higher than their chances against. And so it's one of those things where you learn how to play with it. It's not like you would have ever put – Artemi Panarin out on the ice with, and I know they never played together, but like players like Patrick Laine, who has been criticized for maybe not always playing the best defensive game. Like you, you build your roster around what you have. 
And so for that reason, you're probably never going to see Kent Johnson play often with a player like Patrick Laine or, you know, even to some extent, Jack Roslovic, although his defensive game has gotten a lot better over the course of his career. And so he looked great. He looked poised. He was a target in that first game against St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis's prospect team was full of a lot of free agent invitees. They were just a mean, mean group of guys. And so they they definitely were were targeting Kent as they should, right? I mean, like that's kind of like the target that you have when you're when you're definitely among the most talked about, I would say, prospects at this entire tournament. And and the six points show it. Kent played really well. And I I'm excited to see what he's gonna bring to camp. I, you know, jokingly said to you, like, after Thursday's game, he just, like, walked over to Rick Nash, and they were just talking about, you know, just shooting the shit about the game. And and to be a fly on the wall of that conversation would have been priceless. But, you know, even I think that's why we asked the question of Rick about, like, what's that relationship been like? I mean, it's kind of like you – I don't want to say similar pressures. I mean, I think there was a lot more pressure on Rick back then than there is on Kent now. But, like – you're somebody who people are identifying as being a person who could alter the course of the franchise. Like your being drafted was considered an inflection point in the future of the team. And so there's pressure involved in that. So that mentoring relationship is really cool to watch develop, I think. And so uh, shout out to Kent for a really solid tournament there. Yeah. And he, I mean, no one described his crazy year and off season better than Rick with just Kent playing in Michigan, him going to the Olympics going to the world championships or going to Columbus, going to the world championships and then winning and crushing it. The world juniors all then to immediately have like two weeks off into becoming to Traverse city and, um, you know, prospect training through the NHL. And um, yeah, he's had the most insane year ever. And uh, this is only the beginning. So that's a solid, solid second star pick. Thank you so much. Um, but I know you're gonna you're gonna do really good work with your number one pick. So I've gotta I've gotta get it over to you, Laura, who's yes. your first star for the tournament. My first star is our only um, shared player in these lists, and that is Kirill Marchenko. Um, I won't go. You know, Jeremy said almost all the the highlight things, but for me, you know, he just he just stood out. I mean, and I I said in last week's episode. You know, Krill is someone we have been waiting years to see come over to America. And it's he's always been on, like, the tip of everyone's tongue and still in the conversation of, like, when is he going to come over? When is he going to come over? And, you know, just his adaptability, like like Jeremy said, the first game was rough for everyone. And even some of the, the coaches we spoke with or um, overheard interviews, like they even said game one, like, yes, we won seven to one, but it was dicey because we just, they just weren't, not that they weren't ready, but like they were just testing out a lot of things. Um, and so that was Krill's very first time um, on, you know, North American ice and, especially regulation size and like he just his adapt adaptability to um, adjusting his game to the differences between uh, North American ice and Russian ice. Like, um, and it's, it's size. It's not the physical ice. It's just the size of the rings. Um, I don't know why I felt like I needed to clarify that, but um, so yeah, he just had incredible adaptability. He's such a big presence on the ice too, which I think is, 
again, something we like to see in, in people coming up to the, to the big club is those big presences on the ice. And he just, he just really um, stood out. And I, I, again, will know I'm a little disappointed. We didn't get a chance to talk to him because he did really take it in stride, all of these interviews and, um, I will steal one of Kyle's stories because um, the artillery and Buck and Boomer did get to interview him. And uh, within like the first minute of Kyle talking to him, he just politely put his hand on Kyle's arm and was like, I'm going to need you to slow down because I don't know what you're saying. And it was the cutest like possible moment. Um, and it definitely broke the ice between uh, Kyle and Krill. Um so that's going to be a really uh, fun interview with, that they put out. But he just had the best attitude. And, like, um, I think he might actually be a good influence on Chinny with doing interviews and being confident um, in his English to Russian, um, you know, translation. So he he might we might get to see a little bit more of, of Chinny doing some interviews after he sees uh, Krill just go out there fearless <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that there's anybody who would complain about more Igor Chinnikov interviews, that's for sure. But, yeah, we're, we're going to move on to my number one star, and this is another player that we've, we've got an interview with, so get excited about that. Uh, you're going to want to make sure that if you haven't been paying attention to this point, you, you get ready to pay attention because we've got uh, my number one star is Jordan Dumais. Jordan Dumais is a player who, you know, like I mentioned a little bit earlier in terms of finally getting a chance to see how their game translates to uh, quote-unquote NHL style of play. And Jordan Dumay for me, was somebody who definitely fit that mold. I mean, we've, we've talked about it on the show, right? Just like his incredible stat line from juniors last year and wondering whether or not that's going to be the kind of thing that translates. I mean, I, I say this with all due respect to the player, but a player like Trey Fix-Wolanski was somebody who had major, major points in the WHL as a junior, and that hasn't necessarily translated to the NHL quite yet, but Jordan Dumais looked like the real deal out there. He was never really a liability to me. I felt like overall, and we'll talk about these players probably more, you know, we'll touch on them a little bit after after this, but you know, that line of Luca de Balbalouz down the middle, and you know, then you had James Malatesta and Jordan Dumais on the wings, I felt like they were the most consistent out of the two games that I was at. I, I'll own that I couldn't see the Friday game, but those those three played really well together. Jordan Dumay, you know, scored twice on Thursday, where you know he he was able to put put a puck behind behind the goaltender for the Blues, you know, kind of like in front of the net, kind of scrappy, getting a rebound, being in the right place, right time, and then also being able to have a little bit of a breakaway and and put one behind him as well and I mean you scored two different ways in that game he finished with three goals total on the tournament to assist so again tied for second um, amongst many others at the tournament with five points including Kirill Marchenko so you know the Blue Jackets between Jordan Dume, Ken Johnson and Kirill Marchenko had the offense going you know between the three of them you've got what 16 points math is hard so you know, you cannot complain about the performance of those three. Can you tell that I'm biased toward offense? You're like pro anybody who stops the puck, and I'm pro anybody who puts the puck behind the net or into the net, rather. And so without further ado, let's talk to Jordan Dumais. 
Hey Jordan, how's it going? Good Jordan, Jordan. Nice to meet you. So hey, great performance today. How did it feel to get out there for the first time on ice wearing the Blue Jackets jersey? Thank you, yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, when you have that jersey on, I mean, it's obviously an honor and you just try to work your hardest for it. And uh, yeah, that's what I tried to do today. So. Sure. Obviously feels good. Get a couple of goals in your debut, right? So yeah. how does that feel just to kind of get the monkey off your back, feeling good going into the rest of the weekend? Yeah, you know, I think uh, it gives it a bit of momentum. I mean, I try not to let it get to my head too much, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of trying to keep working and doing it again. So Sure, sure. A lot of people look at your stat line they see the points that you put up in the queue right so talk to me a little bit about your game outside of the points that you put up what are you trying to work on here this weekend away from the puck and what are you looking to take back with you yeah i mean i'm always working on my speed and uh, obviously just checking the older guys i mean the pro guys learning from them and uh, yeah i mean to my game i always i'm always trying to improve everything so gotcha your line out there looks pretty solid right yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah what's it like playing with those guys what's the chemistry been like yeah i mean uh, it's great with them i mean uh, luca's my roommate and i've no, known james since i was young so i mean i'll see you chemistry right away and uh I mean, they were great players. It was great. It was easy for me today. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, hey, best of luck the rest of the weekend. Thank Thank you. you. Take care. I don't know why. I don't know why I did not think that he was going to have, like, a French-Canadian accent. Like, I don't know why I didn't think that he would. Like, we we started talking, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I didn't realize this. But, yeah, he he was an excellent interview, you know, and, and... you know, I, I'm excited to see see what can happen and see if he can get back up to the to the NHL sometime soon. Yeah, I love that interview you did with him, and his accent is, um, it's adorable. It, it is familiar to like if you've ever heard PLD uh, interview, um, but just like Much hockey better. players with that hockey players with that French Canadian accent is just it's the epitome of what you think of the for a hockey player. So. Um, and Jordan is a, a really sweet kid. And uh, that interview was just, it was actually, that was your first or second interview um, of this. Mm-hmm. And so look at us just being members of the media and whatnot. Um, yeah, we're, we're getting the content in there. But I think both of our lists are really, really solid. Um, but there are, of course, in every list making circumstance, uh, I think each of us have one or two honorable mentions uh, from the tournament as well. And I will just go first uh, since I went first with, with the stars, but um, I just have two and I will, I will be brief, but I definitely uh, would be amiss if I didn't talk about James Malatesta and Denton Matejchuk. Um Malatesta is so fast. Like the speed on this kid is just incredible. Um, and I know he he made some big impressions last summer at camp, um, and he just continued to um, improve and continue to make those impressions. And you can tell that for every minute that he's on the ice, like he is trying um, his his best to get it down the ice, help his teammates. Like it is, he was a bright star. And then of course Denton Matejchuk. Um, being his first time at Traverse City in this circumstance, like he absolutely um, stood out as far as defensemen are considered. And I think we're starting to see um, what he's going to, to bring to our pipeline. And he had just a really impressive, a really impressive Traverse City. So those were my two honorable mentions. Yeah, for me, I really wa- like. I loved watching Samuel Nashko play. Like, I thought he was a lot of fun to watch. It felt like he was really great at getting back on the play. Really great at breaking things up. He wasn't necessarily the world's most offensive defenseman, but I don't think that's what you need out of him. You've got plenty of that in the pipeline. And so, watching him play, he's quick. He's he's excellent. 
And the other player that I definitely enjoyed was uh, Ole Bjorkvik Holm. And he, you know, only played in two games. He was a scratch in game three, trying to cycle in as many of those defensemen as possible. But I thought he played really well. I thought he played responsibly. It's his second Traverse City. And so he's got a little bit of a leg up on the guys there. He's played a season in the AHL. You know, he has two junior seasons in him. He's somebody who's going to be back in Cleveland. And I, I loved watching him play. You know, he was great. And, you know, another player was was Luca Del Belbaluz, like I mentioned. I mean, he's somebody who I thought, like, just continued to get better as the tournament progressed. And, and so uh, it was a lot of fun when we got to talk to those two players. So we got a chance to talk to Ole Bjorkvik-Holm and Luca Del Belbaluz. Laura, I'll let you pick. Who, which interview are we listening to first? Are we listening to Ole or are we listening to Luca? I, first of all, we have some other content coming out with these two later on in the week. Oh, you're and I just could not talk more about how much I loved that content, which is a secret until later, but also these two interviews. These guys were just awesome to work with and were so, such great interviews. So I'm going to pick... Luca. And let's listen to Luca's interview first. Talking through, I mean, just drafted this summer, right? So how was, how was the offseason after being drafted? What was being drafted like? And just kind of what followed after that? Yeah, I mean, first of all, get, you know, getting drafted was a huge thing. Uh, something you dream of, you know, ever since you're a kid. And, you know, after that, I think the real work starts. And now you have to, you know, fight, fight for a spot. And, you know, for me, getting in the gym and, you know, doing a lot of extra stuff in the gym has helped me a lot. And, you know, I think it's going to help with confidence and, you know, getting stronger and with playing with the older guys. Awesome. And Traverse City is always such a big welcome into the organization. So how are you feeling for the first time getting to suit up in a Blue Jackets, you know, sweater? And how do you think this tournament went for you? Yeah, I mean, it's probably the coolest thing, uh, being being able to pull that jersey over your shoulder. And, you know, for me, uh, just trying to, uh, this tournament, I just try to keep it simple and, you know, compete. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think I did a good job of that. And, you know, we'll see going into main camp. Definitely. And one of the things that was most notable for me uh, during the tournament was your Lions chemistry. It seemed like you guys played really well together. Um, kind of like, what did that feel like? How does that chemistry get built? And, and do you think that that's something that you guys can kind of build on as we continue to go through the, the, off, or the preseason? Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, we spent we spend a lot of time together, you know, away from the rink. And, you know, we kind of created that bond as soon as we got here. And, yeah, it was, it was awesome to play with those two guys. They're two, you know, really good players. And, yeah, it was special to play with them. Good stuff. And then what are your goals heading into the preseason? Are you wanting, expecting yourself to be able to accomplish something or just work on your general skill set? Uh, yeah, for me, I think it's just about keeping it simple and, you know, competing for a spot and, you know, not taking any shifts off. And I think if I do that, you know, uh, good things will come. So Definitely, definitely. And so last question, just what's one thing that Blue Jackets fans should know about you and your game? Uh, for me, I'm a 200-foot centerman who competes and, you know, I have a little bit of skill and uh, I like to shoot the puck, so. Yeah, that's what you get from me. Good stuff. Well, hey, thank you so thank much. You. Best of luck. Yeah. Safe travels back Appreciate to Columbus. It. Thank you, Luca. Nice Have a good day. I think his assessment of his game is right. I mean, like, he he played a responsible 200-foot game. It felt like he was back on defense when he needed to be, and it felt like he was doing everything he could to create some offense down on the other side of the ice. And so he's somebody who I enjoyed watching the play, and like you said, I mean, just – even even better interview uh, without a doubt and I guess by the process of elimination that means that we are going to queue up the Ole Bjorkvik home uh, interview so here's that we hope you enjoy. How does it feel to kind of wrap up your second Traverse City um, and how do you feel the week went for you? Um, it was fun I had a fun weekend um, I 
think all of us play really well. Um, I mean, could have been better against Detroit, but overall I think uh, the boys did a good job. Um, and I think this tournament is really good to get into game shape and this will help me for main camp. And I think that will help all the guys for main camp, yeah. So having played in the AHL while the OHL was suspended uh, during the 2020-2021 season, how did that experience uh, change the way you prepared during the offseason? I mean, it didn't really change anything. Just things I've been doing, getting faster, stronger. Um, I've been skating a bit more than I've done before because um, I knew I needed to be in good ice shape. So um, I would say that's the only thing I changed a little bit. Gotcha. Good stuff. And then do you think that then returning to the OHL after having played a little bit in the AHL, how do you think mm. that affected your game? And do you think that has you a little bit more prepared for this mm. next chance in the AHL and hopefully the NHL? Yeah, I think it definitely helped me a bit, you know, going against stronger, faster men out there. And the pace is faster, so that helped me going into the junior season. And that being said, I, uh, I think um, I had a good season last year and, you know, trying to work on the things I need to work on. and come and prepare for this next season. Perfect. Awesome. And so what was it like for you to be able to wear a letter while you're here at Traverse City? Yeah, that that was awesome. You know, just putting on the jersey is just a huge honor. And wearing an A2, it's, yeah, it means a lot. And um, hopefully I did a good job. <laughs> Absolutely. So so what are some of your goals heading into the preseason now that we're, we're heading back to Columbus? You know, just trying to do my best every time I step on the ice. Um, take each day out of time, um, do whatever I, what it takes to help the boys win and whatever I can bring to the table, um, that's what I'm trying to do. Perfect. And then lastly for you, what is one thing you want Columbus Blue Jackets fans to know about you and your game? Um, I would say I'm a shutdown defenseman, breaking up plays, playing hard, bring, bringing that physical pressing. And um, yeah, I like to have fun, like to smile and be around the guys. So yeah, that's basically me. Good stuff. Well, hey, best of luck. We wish you well. Take care. Safe yeah. travels back to Thank Columbus. You very much. Yes, Thank you so much Thank for you. your time today. Yeah, of course. All right. First of all, this kid has such personality on, like, like we've been saying, on and off the ice. Like, like Jeremy said, this is his second year at Traverse City, much like um, Jet Greaves. And so there's a different level of confidence and comfortability with him. Um, if you got to see any of Jeff Savota's content for the team, Ule went on a fun little putt-putt golf excursion with Jeff um, on the team's off day. Uh, he's just a real character. And, um, you know, he's going to be for sure in Cleveland this upcoming year. And, you know, he's got a lot of potential. And, you know, he, again, these these new personalities, these sort of like bold but not as aggressive personalities out of this group of prospects, I think, are going to make it easy for Blue Jackets fans, Monsters fans um, to really fall in love with them and like get pumped about these future possibilities to move up to the big club, but also to help in the, I don't want to call it a rebuild, but help in the, the wanting to see some, some changes and some improvements for the, the Cleveland Monsters as well. So I think, you know, I think that we've just got a lot of great guys coming up and people should be excited. Yeah, that's the moral of the story is that the kids are all right. We've said it on the show before. We'll say it again. And I think even more than that, it's just they all seem like really, really great people. And I think that, that goes back to our interview with Yarma that we did a couple months ago in that <laughs> they they do a pretty good job at assessing character. 
And they they've done exactly that with the guys that they have in the room now. And and I can't wait to see what the future looks like for those guys. So, Laura, is there anything else on your radar before we wrap up this very special episode where we had Rick Nash, Jet Greaves, Owen Sillinger, Jordan Dumay, Luca Del Belbaluz, and Ole Bjorkvik home on the show with us? That is just so many humans. I'm like um, worried that I forgot somebody. I have to be honest. Did I forget somebody? I don't think so. I, I think that's it. everyone. My ADHD worked for me for once. <laughs> um, but no, the only thing is, is it is training camp week. Uh, today, the Blue Jackets released the official schedule for training camp. Um, all of the guys will report to Nationwide Arena on Wednesday. They did have some, they had a presser day today. So there's a lot of fun um, pictures and stuff from that. Um, but they will, training camp officially starts on Wednesday with their physicals um, and sort of their like one-on-one interviews with coaching staff um, to get them all prepared. And those three days of super hard training go until Friday and then the Blue Jackets will be graciously opening up any practices that happen between um, Saturday, September, I believe, 25th through October 1st. Um, any practices that they hold will be open to the public. So you will have the ability to go down to the Ice House um, and watch any of those practices. They also have um, the breakdowns of who's on each team. So teams one, two, and three. Um, if there's specific players that you're wanting to go see, you'll be able to know which time and days that they're practicing. Um, but yeah, this is officially the the grand start of a new hockey season. And I'm excited to see how camp gets going. And yeah, can we believe our first preseason game is on Sunday? And oh, it is the 24th because Sunday's the 25th and that's the first game. Um, so my apologies. Practices that start on the 24th of September. Um, but yeah, our first preseason game, a double header basically, is on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the next time we record an episode, we'll be talking about Blue Jackets preseason hockey. It doesn't feel real, folks, but it is here and it got here quicker than quicker and slower both than I think either one of us could have imagined. But we appreciate you all sticking with us through the offseason. We promise we, we will make it worth it. We are here for the long haul and this season. It's going to be a really good one. And just to know that the next time we, we start recording an episode, it's going to be to talk about a preseason game. That means absolutely jack shit, but we'll make it seem we'll overreact to everything. We'll, we'll act like it matters <laughs> and, and we'll have a lot of fun doing that. And things are going to be back to the way they were back, back when we were playing hockey every other day. So I'm, I'm pumped for it. I know you are too, Laura. Uh, so just a major shout out and props to the folks who have been listening to us this off season. And uh, again, we're going to make it worth your while for the, for the rest of the year. So, so stay locked here and you know where you can do that the best and you, wh- where you can stay the most up to date with all of the things that we're doing and, and all of the content that we're releasing. And that is none other than our social media and our website and all that kind of stuff. And nobody knows how to tell you where all that stuff is better than the one and the only me. So you can follow. No, <laughs> you guys so rude laura take it away absolutely well first i'm going to lead off this uh segment by saying just another big thank you to everyone who helped make our traverse city experience uh the best that it could be so shout out to to dina and her wonderful husband gary for not only like 
letting us share an Airbnb with them, but also uh, toting us around, uh, showing us the ropes, all those sorts of things. We could not have asked for better better hosts in this circumstance. And then, of course, big shout out to the Artillery, the Buck and Boomer podcast. So Kyle and Tyler and Little Boomer himself, as well as um, the incredible Danny, who was there taking pictures for everyone. So we made very fast friends uh, with all of them, and it's hopefully going to bring about um, a lot more fun times and a lot more fun you know, content. There may be a blending of the minds um, coming up soon. So we're we're very excited for that. But to, to see how all of that comes about, you need to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. You can follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. If you want to learn more about um, our show, our friendship, how this all got started, um, or need links to anything, feel free and visit our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you want to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some super cool merchandise in exchange, you can check out our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. Currently it has our new Here's Johnny um, design up on it, courtesy of our awesome graphic designer, Stephen Kinnicky. But we will be adding all of the rest of our designs up there soon before the season starts so that you can get all your, you know, in arena gear set up. And we will hopefully have some new designs coming up as well. And then lastly, you can rate, review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. Um, and we are desperately trying to get to 50 ratings before the season starts. So we're at 47. Um, so we only need three people to, to help us out a little bit. And again, we don't know how the algorithm works, but we just know that every like, every comment, every subscription helps us get noticed in the hockey podcast community um, and helps us to build our little community. So other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. All right, folks, until next time, you know where to keep it locked because Laura lets you know, and you know where to listen because you found this. So make sure you catch it next week. And we, again, like Laura said, we love and appreciate you all so much. We hope that you take care of yourself. We hope you take care of one another. And we will talk to you all very, very soon. Bye.